1: to start winning. Aaron Rodgers looking for Devontae Adams, who's got it! DJ Moore has a pass to the end zone! Jonathan Taylor, touchdown! Passes, Hello everyone, welcome back to Rotovis Overtime on Rotovis Radio, brought to you by Blue Wire. My name is Colin Kelly, you can follow me on Twitter at Overtime Ireland, and I'm joined as always by Sean Siegel, co-host of the Rotovis Overtime podcast, co-host of the Stadium Bananas podcast, and co-owner of of Rotovis. Sean, also co-owner of a a number of uh, teams that we have this season. I know a lot of times we say like the listeners won't care about our teams, but in reality there's probably quite a reflection of some of our teams. Some of the the listeners' teams, and and we are into Thanksgiving week, so I guess I know people's schedules might get thrown out of sync this week. So we'll kick this one off by thanking each and every person who has tuned in throughout this season and possibly through multiple seasons. I know a lot of the people that get in touch have been listening for multiple years. But Sean, as we we head on that topic, of course we will indulge ourselves in talking about some of the players on our rosters in a little bit on the show. But I wanted to to start it off by. Uh, a, a listener did reach out to uh, thank us for the the content throughout the season so it balances in with that thanksgiving kind of theme i guess but uh one of our our listeners evan donovan uh giving him a shout out now he did send a screenshot i think he was his highest sixth place when the, the screenshot came in i think he's still in the top 20 though of the football guys championship over at the ffpc so shout out to uh, evan on that hopefully he can well hopefully we can get ourselves into contention sean but if we don't we want some of our our listeners to get that success so it's great to get those stories as the season moves on each week there's a few people who have reached out to say you know their teams are in good shape and things like that thanks to some of the the advice throughout the season so it's, it's great to see that happening so uh well done evan let's keep that keep that rolling stay at the top of that leaderboard
2: and it was also fun because he noted that uh, he is in one of the listener leagues, and uh, his team name is Sean's Twitter. So he probably is is doing a, a great job with that. He's in second place in that particular league column. The updates for us there is that we continue to trail, and all but one, we are in second place in one of the five listener leagues. Uh, but this was the big Jonathan Taylor week, and uh, that was very good for us, right? Taylor, one of the main people we wanted to build around. We had a team with Blair Andrews where we started Jonathan Taylor, DeVonte Adams uh, at a time period where it was unclear what who would be throwing the ball to Adams. Obviously Taylor, we picked at 12 and then he continued to fall. So <laughs> kind of crazy to think of where he was available this offseason. That team with those two guys at the top now surprisingly went for 209 points in the 18 player format there, which vaulted us up in the second Column the, the non-Listener League best balls are now going fantastically well, up into first place with a 200-point week in multiple leagues. And then uh, we're having a lot of fun. You mentioned if we can't win the FBG, we have our Terms Oven Rampagement team, a little uh, steal from Archer there, that was the Travis Kelsey team with the extreme zero RB, that team, in position to make the playoffs. We hope we do that so we can give Evan a run for his money for the half a million dollars. We're going to have to do it this week with Travis Kelsey on the bye as we try and make our final push. Uh, the other one that's been a lot of fun, we were kind of joking before the show. This is a, a weird week in terms of kicker scoring. A lot of the highest scoring teams in the NFL, where you would have had exposure to their kickers, either didn't score well or scored almost exclusively touchdowns. And so I was very excited about the week. I go in and look at the scores we've mentioned kind of in the past where. Uh, you know some weeks you'll feel like you didn't do very well you'll go down look through find out you scored like 25 30 points from your kicker and defense and all of a sudden things look all right Uh, by contrast sometimes you go in and find you've scored like one point our uh, the team that the Ben and I have with the the ship chasing crew was sort of doubled up on bills with uh, Tyler Bass and the Buffalo defense obviously the defense gets shelled Tyler Bass missing field goals left and right in what were a little bit tricky <laughs> conditions there. So that one didn't work out in part because we also went up against the New England Patriots defense column. The Taylor was the star this week. Austin Eckler was the understar, but maybe <laughs> the biggest impact play uh, was New England putting the 30 points up on the board in their shellacking of Atlanta. Atlanta has four wins, but they are probably the worst team in the NFL. And so <laughs> we're kind of in that situation there. But wrapping it back around, Colin, you and I are in 99th place in the main event. Our team uh, has been a lot of fun, so I've enjoyed doing that with you. And one of the focal points there was Justin Jefferson. Column, how are you feeling about this, though? You mentioned before the show, if you have Justin Jefferson, all is right with the world except for your green bay packers
1: yeah it did uh you know i had a feeling that might happen sean um it was something that i obviously i'm disappointed the packers didn't get the win they lost with the kind of lit field goal exciting exciting second half of that game though as rogers looked pretty good even with the toe injury mvs got in with that long touchdown and uh, just a fun game down to the very very end where unfortunately um Packers looked to have an interception which I was quite excited about for uh my wife thought there was something kind of going wrong uh, from the the kind of hollering she could hear but um it turned out obviously that they overruled that then it led to the the field goal but Justin Jefferson uh just looks incredible um I've joked on the show a number of times about Jonathan Taylor and Justin Jefferson it's funny it worked out perfectly for them basically this week. But I've talked about they get work early in the game, look fantastic in the first quarter. Team decides kind of to to use them very sparingly onto the, the fourth quarter and then use them again. But this week we got to see them pretty much used throughout um Jefferson. The the one downside I would say if we're if we're looking at negatives for Jefferson was and I know you mentioned it kinda of with Ben on the, the Seed and bananas podcast. That that first one that he was down at the one yard line i think was a hundred percent on him he he easily makes the end zone there without the, the show button but yeah when he comes back and does what he does uh it's hard to not be just overwhelmingly positive with him uh I have to give credit to i'm not the biggest kirk cousins fan but a, a couple of those plays he made including that second touchdown pass to jefferson where he just knows he's getting rocked once he throws that ball and he, he gets it in there and there may have been a push off by Jefferson, but he, he does get into the end zone. So he looked fantastic. Taylor just looked incredible again. Um basically, I think the more workload they give him, the better he's gonna look. But part of that obviously is he got a little bit lucky with you know uh where the, the Colts got possession a couple of times, but um still got the job done. So really exciting game for him. And the the big note, Sean, you touched on there is like how teams are, are going. For example the uh the best ball tournament uh, team that we have the unauthorized cinnamon team was a good few spots away from second place let's just put it that way and put up 209 points this week but when i look across my teams there is a good bit of jonathan taylor and there, there's a good bit of Devonte adams a lot of justin jefferson and uh that in turn meant that a couple of those teams that maybe were in fifth spot have uh, you know catapulted themselves up the leaderboard so we'll see how things finish off over the the next couple of weeks but yeah a really strong day for for some of those kind of top tier guys that that we have talked about all off season all season long but uh yeah into the top 100 in the main event is, is pretty exciting as we get into basically the the regular season finale this coming week still a chance sean that we can win it on record and points at the moment we're in in second place on record we're in the lead on points so uh let's hope we can see that out and maybe then have some fun in the big tournament after of course we'll win the playoffs and then we'll go in and try and win the whole thing but it's going to be a fun run here but looking through i mentioned jonathan taylor i mentioned how things broke right for him um anything else that you wanted to add regarding taylor and his performance overall
2: Well, the tricky part now with Taylor is that he does have that uh, championship week by, and so, you know, we'll see for all of the teams who are in there who have ridden him into that position, if they get knocked out in the championship as a result of that. But I mean, only one team can win the half a million dollars. There are some other very good prizes up there. But I think if you have Taylor, you're very excited. One of the things we talk about all the time is you have to have a deep team. You and I have a lot of Tyreek Hill. He's averaging over 20 points per game. He will be on the bye this week as we make our final push. You've got to get through that bye. So you've got to have the depth on your team. That's one of the reasons why you want so many of those wide receivers. And Colin, so much attention on the running backs this week and very deservedly so but we did get a lot of interesting wide receiver developments as well both the stars in terms of Devonte Adams Justin Jefferson but then uh, some of these younger guys really starting to emerge
1: yeah and i suppose the the big name that i probably would head on first too we can we've been talking you know off air a couple of times just in terms of setting our lineups. Somebody we were drafting from this rookie class was Elijah Moore. We've talked about the Moore trifecta a couple of times in terms of PPR leagues. A pretty good week this week for Ron Delmore, but uh, and then obviously DJ Moore getting into the end zone this week as well. So uh, Elijah Moore having another big big week here. Um, had the big game on Thursday night football, I believe it was against the Colts a couple of weeks back. Continues that trend here. Um, Eleven targets, eight receptions for a 31.5% target share, 141 receiving yards, one touchdown. Um, looking exactly like, kind of, we 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 talked Sean early in the season about some of the peripherals, like wasn't getting the targets, but was getting the separation. Wasn't getting the targets, but looked like he was going to be very explosive. And now we're starting to see him move into a full-time role, which this week was his highest uh, in terms of snap share of the overall uh game i guess we'll say and finished with 29.6 ppr points so he is uh the one that really led the way for me in terms of these rookie wide receivers this week
2: yeah and and you mentioned how some of that stuff early on went one of the things that's been interesting about this run and he's the top wide receiver scorer over the last month really hard to believe when you consider and this is one of the things that uh, you can get when you go in there and check out the stealing signals tool but you can see uh, the routes and the percentage of dropbacks that the player is running those on more way way down in comparison to Corey Davis and Jamison Crowder both of those guys are I mean not only are they not number ones they're not really number twos right I think you can make the case that Corey Davis would be a low end number two but they're both you know above average number threes and so this Jets team now has a really a pretty good wide receiver core they just have to deploy the guys properly and so then the question is you know what will happen as we move forward and if Zach Wilson gets back involved uh, one of the cool things the more during this stretch is that he's caught touchdowns from all three of the guys Mike White Josh Johnson and then has showed this uh, very impressive rapport with Joe Flacco and Flacco is someone we know we can't necessarily rely on he tends to run pretty hot and cold but he will target these guys all over the field and that's one of the things that Moore has been so good with the impressive element of this game you know wasn't just the scoring which you'll obviously take that and and that can be a huge (laughs) part of of what you're looking for there but he did it in, in all different types of of ways really right different depths of target different types of routes he was catching possession balls over the middle one of the things that you know, people were both high and low on him for coming into his rookie season is this idea that he's going to probably mostly work out of the slot. You know, what are the limitations of a player who is, you know, five nine, 185 pounds, who's a slot receiver? Well, one of the things that we've seen all season from Moore is that that doesn't mean you can't be a vertical threat. And you mentioned that when Zach Wilson was in there, the one guy who he really didn't have a great connection with that Wilson was targeting him deep. And so they were really close on a handful of plays to where the beginning of his season would have looked better. Right. But when he does what he's done with these three different quarterbacks, none of which are elite players, but when he does what he does with that group and he does it over the middle, he made some impressive catches on the sideline. His 62 yard touchdown was really one of the more impressive ones that you'll ever see because he catches this ball Uh, on a you know 15 to 20 yard target and then takes another 40 yards for the touchdown and there were guys who had the angle on him and he simply outran the angle NFL players are so fast they're so athletic and they have such a good sense of what they need to do to make the tackle that you just rarely see this right I mean you see this from players like a Tyreek Hill from time to time where I mean, there's just no angle on him because he's so fast. But when guys have the player sort of sorted out and they don't get there, you know, it just, it emphasizes this athleticism. And one of the things you can do, you know, go in and pull out the NFL workout explorer. You know, you see, he's got a four-three-five He's got this crazy six, six, three, three cone, you know, so he's 94th percentile in the forties, 96th percentile in the agilities. He's extremely athletic. And then you combine that with the production metrics. I mentioned in the article talking about him this week, he's got one of the earliest breakout ages of the century, according to Matt Spencer's metric. And then he hits a key criterion from Blair Andrews' research when he was looking this offseason to find the next Justin Jefferson. I mean, those are things that are important, right? I mean, they're elements that let you know that he has been a productive player. So when you have this guy who comes in who is extremely athletic, young, productive, and then he goes on a hot streak like this, Um, We just have so much that's pointing in a very positive direction. And that's one of the reasons we've talked in some of the leagues and and talked a little bit on the show. He was dropped in some leagues. And one of the reasons that one of our RB quad managed teams kind of with the management group is in position now to make the playoffs is that we made a big bid for him when he was available. You know, and, and at the time that was a little bit controversial within our group because when I mean, you do have guys like Corey Davis and Jamison Crowder and Jamison Crowder is such a good possession threat that if the team sees more as only a possession guy or as a fantasy manager, you're concerned that there's too much overlap there Then you know, maybe more is one of these guys who completely busts as a rookie, especially when you consider the quarterback play. Fortunately, that hasn't been the case. He's simply been too good. And You know, when you look at it from a dynasty perspective, I I kind of had him, I don't know. I mean, now it looks great, right? And you're like, oh, well, you know, see, I was right. But embarrassingly high on my dynasty rankings throughout the summer, throughout the early course of the season. And I was looking at those from time to time thinking, you know, Sean, there were a lot of points in this guy's favor. But, I mean, this seems like a rational exuberance, right? I mean, you've got to be realistic about these guys. We can't put them up there in that range when they haven't done anything. Well, I'm glad that I had him in that range for listeners and for readers because hopefully most of our listeners are extremely overweight on him in dynasty regardless of kind of what, where you are in redraft. And so I mean, the Jets still have a lot of issues and when Wilson goes back in there, we may see this passing game just fall completely through the floor again, but you know, over the next 2 to 3 4 years. I mean, I just can't wait to watch it play. I mean, He's so fun. Guys like this who get open constantly and get open at all levels of the field, they're just pretty rare, even with the amount of talent we have out there at wide receiver in the current NFL.
1: NFL football is finally back, and there's no need to exhaust yourself searching all over the internet to find NFL tickets anymore. Because TechPick, that's T-I-C-K-P-I-C-K, Is the original no fee ticket site and the only one you'll ever need as your go-to for NFL tickets. TickPick got rid of all those awful service fees that other ticket sites charge which lets them guarantee the best prices on all of their NFL tickets. Don't believe it? If you can find better prices for the same seats on another ticket site, TickPick will give you 110% of the difference in the purchase price. One of my bucket list items is certainly to head on over and see my Green Bay Packers over in Green Bay Lambeau Field. I'm super excited to see how this season plays out for the Packers, whether it's the Packers or any other team that you want to head and get in on the action this season and attend a game. Whether it's a home game for your favorite team or it's on the road, TickPick has you covered. Visit TickPick.com slash RotoViz to save 10% on your first order. So if you're thinking of going to a game this season, don't wait. Head on over, get those tickets. That is techpick.com slash rotoviz.
0: We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search, match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying you heard about Indeed on this podcast. Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. This episode is brought to you by Hyperice, the leader in advanced warm-up and recovery technology. They have tons of innovative products like venom heated wearables to help soothe sore back muscles, Normatec compression boots to speed up recovery and increase circulation and HyperVolt massage guns to improve mobility loved by athletes like Naomi Osaka and Erling Holland. Try them yourself. Get 10% off your order with the code move at hyperrice.com. Sean,
1: in terms of uh, PPR points, we've touched on Justin Jefferson. We mentioned Devontae Adams who had a massive game. We touched now on, elijah moore next up uh tied for 23.1 points is darnell mooney so there's a couple of ways we can look at this and i know he was a player that we talked about in the offseason we kind of had slightly different i can i think views on based on where he was going in drafts um we've seen alan robinson kind of completely disappear was inactive active this past week but mooney there's a couple of ways you can look at this obviously the situation happens where dalton comes in off the bench uh, again this might have helped Mooney but Mooney had 16 targets on the on the week for five receptions which is uh you know it's out there in terms of the targets to receptions numbers that we'll see but he had a 48.5 percent target share now I mentioned that some of those targets weren't very valuable to get in terms of how far away from uh, him they were but he did finish with 121 receiving yards one touchdown 151 air yards, 70 yards after the catch, including that long touchdown in that obviously. But Mooney is somebody who, you know, still very young, has shown certain moments where he he's, you know, been able to to show explosive, uh, explosive threat, you know, in terms of in the receiving game. Where are you now on on Mooney um at this point in this offense, which is very hard to even with who's going to be the quarterback as they play on Thursday Night Football this week, looks like it's going to be Andy Dalton. So there's a lot of question marks around another young receiver. So we have the question marks around Moore. We also have the question marks around Mooney. What's your kind of view on Mooney as we move forward and, and what he was able to do this past week?
2: Well, this is a perfect illustration, right, of why people want targets, why people want air yards, why these guys, when they aren't executing are good by lows, especially, and good, you know, weekly dart throws, especially in DFS, because you have the potential for a game like this, where if you hit on a couple of these plays, they can be huge plays. Now, you're not expecting to get 16 targets, but, you know, going into this game, I mean, Mooney was a, a difficult decision in a lot of, I mean, I have a lot of Mooney in Dynasty. You were pushing for him a lot more this season than I was. I think part of my uh, concern was just, you know, how, the different portfolios were kind of balanced where I do have a lot of him. And yet at the same time, also this question of like, how do we play him? But with Robinson no longer being a thing and then not really having anybody else. Now Goodwin actually ends up with a decent line as well in part because of the necessity to try and come back or try and score some points in this game. The issue here, and one of the things that I find, I. I'm always trying to sort of buy Mooney when he would be available as a throw in and try and sell him when it would be a situation where that would bridge the gap to kind of get, if I'm like close on a deal and can't get it across. But one of the things that I find is that it doesn't work. <laughs> I mean, nobody wants him, And I can understand that because there's a lot here that's so similar, I think to Darius Slayton, where if Slayton were an earlier pick, or we're in a better offense with a better quarterback. Then I think he would be a very legitimate, interesting NFL wide receiver. Because we've seen the big plays. We know that he can get open. Uh, Slayton, unfortunately, has had some trouble with drops. Which, again, all of these things, any mistakes that you make as a lower drafted player, push you out. Where the mistakes that you make as, you know, first round draft pick, it's like, okay, well, we just need to get him involved a little bit more. Let them work through it. You know, get him out of their system. They'll emerge. So the the deck is kind of stacked against him from that perspective. And then you have, I mean, this quarterback play now that's all over the place. You have some real questions about the people calling the plays. I mean, Chicago's got a lot of problems right now. But, I mean, he's an electric player, and they don't have anybody else. And that's kind of the difference between Mooney and Slayton right now is just that, you know, the Giants (laughs) – they don't move the ball at all. They don't pick up first downs. They don't make big plays. But there are other receivers out there. you know. So when you're Slayton, you've got Galladay. You've got Tony. You know that they're going to be the guys. With Mooney, you could have a 16-target game. And so I think the frustration here was that uh, with Cole Komet looking so good the previous week before the bye, there was a lot of enthusiasm that he might – continue his breakout and obviously the bears have invested more in him they talk him up anytime that he has a good game and you know, th- that was a total bust there so my preference would have been for this one to work out the other way but mooney is an interesting guy and call him very similar this week to to your guy someone that you've been pushing for uh sort of all off season and then you know at times during the season Over the last couple of weeks, we kind of got the sense that the Packers were waiting and that when MVS was completely back, that he would sort of jump in there and have a big role. He had 10 targets last week, only four receptions, but they were so close on some of these big plays early. And then he does catch the long touchdown. He finishes 123 and one. Is he going to be the other guy in this offense now that, you know, we have obviously Tanyan is out. The development of the peripheral receivers has been fairly limited. Aaron Jones, you know, we don't know exactly where he is now. A.J. Dillon did look very good as a receiver last week, but probably still is going to have a little bit of a different dynamic than Jones in terms of the types of routes that they ask him to run. MVS, someone who can get open deep. And Aaron Rodgers throughout his career, a little bit less recently, but throughout his career, someone who can create a lot of points for the secondary receivers, even if their sort of perception isn't maybe not even a starter level, much less fantasy impact level.
1: Yeah, we kind of touched on this, you know, for anyone who listened to the offseason draft shows or when we were talking about the Packers, particularly the, the kind of battle between um, you know, those kind of secondary options, then obviously with the situation where Cobb came in and kind of modeled it up, but it was mainly between uh MVS and Lazard. The thing with Lazard. I think he's a better actual player than what we're going to get in fantasy and fantasy we're looking for those big weeks I think the big weeks are always going to come from MVS um, in terms of what could happen now there's always the option that it ends up with a zero but the one thing that we do see with this offense is when uh, Valdez Cantling is healthy and in the lineup he is somebody who multiple times a game they will you know, scheme that deep shot. They will also try and scheme plays a bit like the touchdown, where it's not necessarily a, a huge deep shot, but it's like a, a cross and right where they're trying to get him kind of singled up, and then if he catches it, nobody's going to catch him. So, I think that he's in a very interesting spot where maybe not the highest amount of talent, but has rounded into a very solid NFL player, and I think that can be extremely valuable in this offense for fantasy purposes moving forward. I do think, you know, I, I mentioned about Mooney a moment ago on the 16 targets that he had for just the five receptions, but I think we will see games where Valdez-Scantling, you know, does have a less than 50% or a 50% catch-to-target ratio, but I also think that there will be games like you touched on in this one where they do connect, but we may also see a game where that connects more than once. And um, We have seen him, on a not regularly, but on a number of occasions – have those big plays and be able to do that so i think that he is uh, somebody who's very interesting if uh, probably not available at this point but depending on what leagues you're in may be still available and is definitely worth having at the the back end of that that bench he did finish this one with a 32 percent target share it is you know Devonte adams and and then him at the moment um the the other targets are going to be sprinkled around after that but you know, If you're getting uh, you know around about a 30% target share of, of Aaron Rodgers, um, especially how he played in that that second half, I think that's something that we, we can't uh, hold our nose up at.
2: He's one of our guys that we have been tracking really since he came in because he had this extremely impressive freak score. Now we know that there were some other red flags on his profile and the expectation was for him to be a very uh, limited deep threat kind of player but he's been on the verge of a breakout several times it wouldn't surprise me if the offense
1: he kind of gets to this point and he probably might get re injured or something he just never has pushed through that and then when it looked like he was probably going to push through that that's when Lazard kind of stepped up again just because the MVS is inconsistent inconsistency to be available but I think if we could like if he can stay healthy and it it might be at the very end of the fantasy season, but you know oh, they have a buy coming up the week after this. You know, I think there's chances there for him to to continue that breakout. He's at that stage of his career now, though, where when we're looking at late career, you know, true breakouts, um, you know, he's he's kind of on that year to year contract with the Packers at the moment. So it's it's very hard to know how long term that works for as well.
2: Yeah, and I mean the Packers had this really unfortunate offensive line injury this past week and so it's not like they don't have some issues it's not like they don't have some elements of continuity that could be big issues but when we look at how the passing game is going to run we talk so much about you know we want to have the sort of alpha star receiver and then if there's one other guy and there's the elite quarterback and the continuity between that group can be there to where adams is pulling the coverage. Rodgers has some games, you know, with the number two, you have the vertical element, you know, then, I mean, you could have a hot stretch here. And so we'll definitely be on the lookout for that. Column. the other sort of interesting emergence over the last couple of weeks has been our guy, Brandon Ayuk.
1: He was the one I was hoping you were going to head on there. Uh, I'll let you go on with Brandon Ayuk, but I also want to talk about the 49ers running back Debo Samuel um, if we can fit him in as well
2: yeah so uh, from weeks one to seven Ayuk has this below nine percent target share and then in the last month he's up to 25 percent which is good within the context of this offense it's a span where Debo Samuel's usage in the running game has allowed Ayuk to kind of emerge as this receiver now was going to bounce back either way right but the <laughs> The, the interesting things they're doing in the running game have kind of given him a little bit more runway, a little bit more space to himself on some of these plays. He catches all seven of his targets in this game, goes for 85 yards, scores the touchdown. I think the main thing here is that his value has sort of bounced back into the range where it always was, but I mean, you do start to get a little bit nervous. I mean, he was much better even as a rookie than Lovisca Chenault. But you start to get that little bit of a concern like, you know, can he play it all? And we've seen, especially I think with the 49ers, some guys who looked like they might be about to make it and then went very much the other direction. So again, I equate with the first round pick with the impressive rookie season, I mean, it was a fantastic rookie season. The idea that he would completely disappear, I mean, that just didn't seem possible, but He's now started to do what we hoped, right? And it makes it a little bit interesting now because George Kittle has been back. He looks good. They're using Debo a little bit as a runner. Samuel has established himself to the point where, I mean, he's going to be the one. And so the big problem here isn't necessarily even the fact that Ayuk hasn't impressed this season, but that Samuel has been so good that there really, I mean, there aren't any paths where... Ayuk becomes the target hog when when Samuel's healthy. I mean, just what he does as a running back is another kind of point in his favor. I mean, this is the best wide receiver with the ball in his hands in the NFL. And one of the things that we have seen is that unlike some of these other run after the catch or running back-ish wide receivers, he can get open. Right. I mean, if you have a manufactured touch guy where you're like, you know, how do we get them him the ball so he can run with it? That's very different than someone who, like Samuel, has been wide open all season because of the elite route running as well. And so we have we're in a very different place than we were where the season started, but I think it's an exciting place now for 49ers fans. You have fantasy value for all of these guys. It will be interesting to see what happens as they inevitably move the offense into the direction of trey lance it is kind of one of these things where perhaps a little bit more of the fantasy value can be maintained than we were thinking if samuel continues to actually have a role as a running back even when elijah mitchell is healthy now it seems like you know they're going to have some running backs that they prefer to use as opposed to uh, you know exposing their star wide receiver in this way but it's been very interesting with the 49ers and jimmy garoppolo has been solid over the last couple of weeks he's someone who you know with with all of the difficulties to find points at the quarterback position i mean (laughs) our guy joe burrow is definitely not scoring any points you know this this 49ers offense now has some possibilities down the stretch and i think they're a compelling team to follow in 2022
1: yeah no i I agree 100 with what you said uh, samuel like i joked about as a runner but as a runner over the last couple of weeks he's like you mentioned with the, the ball in his hands the, that touchdown he scored this week from the moment the ball went in his hands until he got in the end zone it did not look at any point like he wasn't going to get to the end zone um just looks fantastic he had the massive play obviously where he nearly got in a couple of weeks back against the bears um just has been sensational you mentioned Ayuk as well we we talked about Ayuk. it might be about four weeks ago now i I have a, maybe it was after the first game where he started to look like he was getting a little bit of an in, increased usage. We kind of talked about you know trying to acquire, and particularly in dynasty leagues, I think anyone who did uh, go and do that a couple of weeks ago is in a very very happy place with uh, that acquisition. Right now, you mentioned the early season target share. Um, I would say like everyone was talking about him being in the the doghouse at that point, and in, in Shanahan's doghouse. I think he, he's made his way up to the penthouse at this point. Um, things have really bounce back for Ayuk in a major way some strange reports obviously come out about he even said himself that you know he hadn't really adapted to how to practice in the nfl and things like that so maybe it was a you know a light switch moment for him maybe he needed that kind of tough love speaking of tough love uh the true tough love player of the nfl and ronald jones got into the end zone on monday night football I wanted to, to mention that at some point on the, the show today but yeah Ayuk looking excellent debo looking great as well it's going to be interesting though, over the next couple of weeks to see how that how that plays out and how the target share works out i think we're still going to see samuel lead the way but i do think they'll probably continue to try and work him in on uh, some of those running plays as well but that can uh, add to his value the interesting thing with the running plays that he's getting he's having so much success on them that even though they might be in low value touch areas he's making them into high value touches so yeah, like you said, you don't really want your wide receiver taking unnecessary shots in the running game. But, um, you know, they're they're running him basically around the around the line of scrimmage and he's, he's running his way to the end zone then. So that's working out pretty good. But you mentioned to Trey Lance, the, the 49ers are going to be interesting to, to watch Jimmy G is doing enough here to get them Ws. And I think that's going to lead to, like you kind of hinted at there, I think it's going to be more of a 2022 thing. Last thing I'm going to touch on here, you did mention about Joe Burrow i sent a tweet on sunday to say joe burrow was pretty much starting in around about 60 percent of my rosters this past weekend and i was hoping that that was going to go well for me uh did get a tweet after the game to say maybe joe burrow just isn't good at football um i'm not ready to go that far yet but there is some weeks for that offense um is very very stop start we did get uh, jamar chase into the end zone at the end of things this week but yeah you the the main event team that myself and sean have we do have actually three quarterbacks on that roster one of them is trey lance we may have to just go to that discussion again before waivers this week the other one is joe burrow and the other one is Derek carr so it might be a case that throughout these playoffs sean there there may have to be some streaming happening but i'm still i'm still hopeful for burrow and the bengals to to get things moving in the right direction but that's going to do us for today's edition of the show it's the tuesday episode we did have another bonus uh q a show that myself and sean answered some listener questions not related to fantasy football we recorded that last week we posted one on sunday so head back if you haven't had a chance to listen to that we will have another one of those coming your way this sunday as well and they've been a lot of fun to do hopefully you're enjoying checking them out as i mentioned at the start of the show we're into thanksgiving week here and uh, there will be those additional games on thursday night football just want to say for we will have a thursday show we'll do more kind of stuff about being thankful and that one but i do i do want to mention thanks to everyone who's tuned in today who's tuned in like i mentioned at the start for. Uh, this season, or longer beyond that, it is much, much appreciated. We thank you for all the, the support, all the feedback. Uh, it's great to have uh, such a great community listening in to these shows, both to RotoViz OT, but across the, the wider RotoViz uh, radio network as well. As a loyal podcast listener, you can always get signed up to a RotoViz NFL pass if you do so wish. You can save yourself 10%. By adding the code rv radio 2021 at checkout, go to rotoviz.com forward slash podcast for more information. That'll help get you through this playoff stretch and hopefully get you those championships come the end of the season. That's where we're hopefully heading uh, as both a podcast with myself and Sean, and uh, of course, for you guys listening in as well. That is going to take us to the end of today's show. Thank you very much once again. My name is Colin Kelly. You can follow me on Twitter at Marland My co host is Sean Siegel. Check out some of Sean's great work up on the roadaviz.com website, including a lot of the content we talked about today from Sean's Monday piece on the website. Until we're back with another show, have a good one. Thank you for listening to Overtime and Rotovis Radio. Please rate and review the Rotovis Radio podcast on iTunes or your favorite podcast app. You can contact us via email at rotovisradio at gmail.com. Follow us on Twitter at Rotovis Radio. And remember, you can always support the pod by subscribing to Rotovis with a discount through the Rotovis Radio homepage, rotovis.com forward slash podcast.
2: Some places take you away. Some bring you together.
1: Marathon does both.